Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. How Fast Do Spacecraft Travel in the Expanse? by Rhett Elaine. Maybe you thought my previous post on the crushing G-force of the Epstein Drive from the Expanse would be the end of that. Wrong. This is such a great clip, I have to do more. In case you missed it, let me tell you what's going on. This guy has a spaceship near Mars, maybe in orbit, and he's playing around with some modifications to his fusion drive giving the spaceship super thrust while using very little fuel. The clip doesn't end well for the guy, but it's the start of a new drive, the Epstein drive. This more powerful spaceship propulsion allows ships to travel around the solar system and gives us the whole plot of the expanse. So what kind of questions can be answered from this clip? Note that I'm just going by evidence from the video. I'm not going to use stuff from the book, The Expanse by James S. A. Corey, the show is based on. Here are some things to consider. How fast does the spaceship end up going? What is the maximum acceleration? How long would the fuel last? How far does it travel? Let's just jump right into this. The scene includes a shot of the spaceship control panel. This display shows the time, speed, acceleration, and percent fuel remaining. The acceleration is measured in G's, where 1 G equals 9.8 meters per second squared. For the speed, it's measured in MPS, which I'm going to assume means meters per second, but I can check this. During that first initial thrust, I can get speed and acceleration as a function of time by looking at each frame. Acceleration is defined as the rate of change of velocity. So for a plot of velocity versus time, just the velocity in one direction, the slope of the line will be the acceleration. If we graph it, we can see two things. First, the speed increases at a linear rate as you would expect from a constant acceleration. Yes, the acceleration does indeed change in the first shot, but not by much, just 3.12 to 3.18. Second, the slope of the line gives an acceleration of 83.517 meters per second squared, assuming the m in the speed is meters. Just for comparison, an acceleration of 3.15 g's would be 30.87 meters per second squared. Okay, so we have a problem. 
Yes, I know this is a science fiction show and not meant to be analyzed. Is the acceleration displayed incorrectly? Is the speed incorrect? Maybe the units for speed aren't meters per second. In order to proceed, I want to keep the acceleration at 3.15 Gs. That means I'm going to have to fix the speed. The simplest way is to call the M in MPS something other than meters. Let me start by finding the conversion between meters and M, whatever that stands for. I can set the two accelerations equal to each other and solve for M. I'll call M the Martian meter. It's shorter than an Earth meter. Oh, wait. What if the acceleration is not 3.15 Earth Gs, but 3.15 Martian Gs? The gravitational field on the surface of Mars is 3.71 N per kilogram, 3.71 meters per second squared, which would mean that 3.15 Gs would be an acceleration of 11.7 meters per second squared. That's not good. That makes the acceleration in the clip in greater disagreement with the change in velocity. Okay, I'm going with the Martian meter idea, and I'm sticking to that. The next time, the scene shows the control panel is at a runtime of 2 minutes and 12 seconds. The acceleration is listed at 4.28 Gs. If I record the rate the speed changes again, it's very linear, with an acceleration of 617.07 m per second squared. Notice that I'm using Martian meters now or 228.3 meters per second squared, Earth meters. Converting the acceleration on the panel, I get 4.28 Gs, equal to 41.94 meters per second squared. Okay, here's a newsflash. I don't think the numbers really mean anything, except they are increasing at a linear rate. Now for a comment. As someone who consults shows regarding science content, I suspect I know how this happened. Some science person calculated the speed so that it agrees with the 4.28 g acceleration. Next, the special effects people made a program that displays the calculated speed on the readout in the scene. Finally, a producer or director looked at the rough cut and said, Hey, that doesn't look very fast. Can we make the speed change even more? Boom! The display is different. And really, I'm okay with this. They're trying to tell a story and emphasize the huge acceleration. Who would really check that stuff anyway? Oh, that's right, me. But wait, it gets even worse. If you measure the acceleration based on the changing speed, it gets high, very high. At the end of the clip, the spacecraft is traveling around 25 million meters per second and has an acceleration of about 46,119 meters per second squared. That's the equivalent of 4,700 Gs. Boom! Of course, it's all for visual effect. If you want to show the spacecraft at crazy high speeds, a normal acceleration wouldn't look very impressive with just the last few digits changing. It would give the sense that it's not really accelerating, even though it is. Estimating the final speed. This is what you want. You want to know how fast this ship ends up going after it runs out of fuel. Okay, I've got you covered. However, I don't know everything, so I'm going to have to guess at some stuff. Here are my estimations. The spaceship starts with a speed of 5,500 meters per second. Yes, I'm assuming the MPS means meters per second. There is a constant acceleration of 10 Gs. 
98 meters per second squared. This wouldn't quite be true if the mass of the spaceship significantly decreased as it used fuel, but it's still a fine place to start. There are no other significant gravitational objects around to influence its motion. The burn rate for the fuel is constant. This means that it went from 89.9% to 89.1% in four hours. Let's get started. The first thing to determine is the total burn time. If it uses up 0.8% in four hours, it would take about 450 hours to run out of fuel. That's almost 19 days. Next, I can use the acceleration and time to find the final velocity based on the definition of acceleration. Using my values, need to put in the time in seconds, I get a velocity that's about half the speed of light, 3 times 10 to the 8th power meters per second. So, this method won't work. Instead, I would need to use the relativistic definition of momentum. Right. You don't want to do that since the math gets a bit trickier. You also need to use the momentum principle. Let's just say the final speed is super fast. Super, super fast. I'll leave the actual calculation as a homework question. Let me add one more thing for you to consider. How would you measure the speed in a spacecraft anyway? If you're thinking about the speed measurement for a car or airplane, it seems pretty straightforward. A car just measures the rotation rate of the tires and then uses that to calculate the speed. An airplane can measure the change in pressure due to the air moving past the wing to get the speed. But what about in space? There's nothing moving past the spacecraft to use for a speed measurement. Instead, you'd have to calculate the speed based on the acceleration. Yes, that's what you would do. Homework. Use the momentum principle along with relativistic momentum to calculate the final velocity of the spacecraft. What is the kinetic energy of the spacecraft at the end of the rocket burn? If you assume all this energy came from the fusion process, how much fuel, mass, did it use? Hint, use the E equal mc squared to calculate the mass. Make a rough approximation of the mass of the spacecraft and the rocket equation to estimate the total mass of fuel in the rocket along with the exhaust speed. How far did the spacecraft travel during this burn? You can use non-relativistic kinematics if you like. The starting speed of the spacecraft is listed at 5,500 meters per second. Assuming it is in orbit around Mars, how high above the surface would it be? What if the spacecraft has a more reasonable acceleration, like around 1G? How fast would it be traveling at the end of the burn? Suppose you want to measure the speed of the spacecraft based on the change in angular size of Mars as you move away. In the first hour, what would be the change in angular size of Mars? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.